I want to take a minute to tell everyone about the app that helps make this show possible. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Most importantly, it's free. I always got to lead with that. If you're new to podcasting and feel a little intimidated by the whole process, Anchor doesn't charge you a dime to set up an account, so it's a great app to use while you get your feet wet. You also don't have to be an audio engineer to produce your own show. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone, tablet, or computer. You can do it anywhere. You can do it in your bedroom, fit into your closet if you can, go into a garage. You don't always have to have a fancy studio to uh, make a podcast happen. You really just need something you're passionate about and a chance to click record. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Music, Spreaker, Overcast, and many other platforms. You don't have to go log into each account and submit an RSS feed. Anchor takes care of that for you. Not only is Anchor free, but you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I've been doing this show for 10 months and I've already been able to quit full time at my day job and just work part time. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one easy to use place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Remember, it's Anchor, 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 like from a boat. Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of Cake and Conversation. I'm your host, Jay Vite, and today's show is like they all are. This one's really special for me uh, for multiple reasons. The title of the episode explains the first reason, and it's that I'm my own guest today. When I was trying to line up a guest for this week, I originally had a photographer named Chris Spix tabbed. We've kind of been in contact the last two or three weeks. But we're both super, super busy, and we just haven't lined up a concrete date yet. As a matter of fact, I need to get back in touch with him. My next plan was to have one of the hosts of a podcast called The Do-Rag Report, Corey Jared, on. But because of my two new jobs that I just started this week, combined with his work schedule and an unfortunate root canal, we'll have to line up another time soon. My last minute plan, and this by no means is a slight to his band or him, he's a buddy I used to work with, I was going to have Chad Russo from the band The Monster Inside on as my guest. We've been meaning to record ever since I started this episode, but it just hasn't lined up yet. He was totally game to meet up, but I had to reschedule with him last minute because of all the changes to my schedule with the new jobs. His band has new music and other big plans for this year currently in the works. So there's no doubt that he'll be a guest sooner rather than later. I mean, as a matter of fact, I have a 100% confidence that all three of these guys will prove to be great guests on future episodes. Another reason that this episode is special to me is that I actually made it to double digit shows. At this point, I kind of assume that I'll be putting out episodes every single week for the foreseeable future, but I also don't take it for granted when I first started doing this in early December, I really didn't know if I'd even make it to a second episode. Believe it or not, but I consider myself, and I've said this before, but I consider myself to be a shy person, and it's hard to sit down, press record, and talk to yourself. 
As a previous guest, Jacoby Bearfield would say, you know, embrace your fears and attack them head on. I embraced my fear of public speaking pretty early on in high school, and I continue to battle that fear on an almost daily basis. Once I decided that I had to be my own guest, it's just the way it kind of worked out. I thought it worked out pretty well that this is the 10th episode. So maybe every 10 shows that I do, I'll just be my own guest and use it to give you all updates about how the process is going, how my other show's going. And I'll keep everyone posted about my alcohol-less journey because uh, a lot of y'all have asked about that as well. That kind of is what one of the reasons how I started this show, but then I know I also don't bring up my sobriety that often. At the time this episode gets published, I'm at 12 and a half, almost around a half weeks without any booze. And I'll talk more about that daily battle during the interview portion of this episode. I now also get routinely asked about my own favorite dessert. And those that know me best know that I'm one of the least picky eaters in the whole world, especially when it comes to sweet treats. Over the course of doing this show, I've got to try some desserts that I normally wouldn't have tried on my own. And it's been amazing to experience new flavors. We're just getting reacquainted with flavors I haven't had in a while. Uh, growing up every year for my birthday, I would always get a cheesecake wheel consisting of different flavors of cheesecake. I know I give people a hard time now when they request cheesecake because it's so common. But as a kid, I couldn't get enough of that stuff. Probably why I'm essentially burnt out on it now. Instead of getting a whole ass cake for myself though, I decided to snag my favorite candy to snack on while I talk to you guys. I'm a pretty huge gummy worm fan, both sour and regular, all shapes and sizes. And right now I'm working my way through a bag of the Neon Gummy Lifesavers. Highly, highly recommended for all the gummy fans out there if you haven't tried them yet. The Neon ones, the Neon flavor, the Gummy Lifesavers are really good as well. Before I get into the heart of this episode, I have to make another exciting announcement regarding the show. Super friend of the show, Bash Williams, is holding an art pop-up event on Sunday, February 23rd from 6 to 10 p.m. at the Cottonmouth Club in Houston. And he's asked me to come and record an episode of Cake and Conversation with the featured artist. The artist, I believe, is Darius. I have to get the, I want to say his last name correctly. I have to double check with him on that. It's Darius, it's a guy I used to work with, excellent artist. He does really, really good work. So I'm excited to get to talk to him. $20 at the door gets you inside and included with your ticket is a meal prepared by a featured Houston chef. There's a craft cocktail masterfully cultivated by Bash himself. There's gonna be live music from a local DJ, an opportunity to see the work of Darius. And I'll be recording live for you guys for a special episode of my show. I need to sit down with Bash. I was kind of thinking about this. If somehow there was time to pull off like a question and answer with somebody there, maybe the DJ or the chef or the owner of the club, or just do it with Darius. Like I can do the show live with whoever is there. You know, I got 20 or 30 minutes of the interview. I think that'd be pretty, pretty cool. But yeah, I haven't even brought that up to Bash yet. So if he's listening to this, I don't know. I still need to talk to him or just see the details because I've never done one of these before. So. I gotta see what's all totally required for me. Yeah, so I'll definitely have more details for you shortly and I'll be sure to get the info out when I find out more on social media. It really goes without saying that I'm truly honored to be asked to have my show featured at a pop-up art event. Bash has been truly a huge help to me and to this show. 
And I know one day when we're looking back at how far we've all come, he'll be considered one of the godfathers of cake and conversation. But without taking up any more of your time, here's my conversation with myself talking to you all. I hope you enjoy the episode because I had a fucking blast putting it together for you. So for this week's show, since I'm going solo on this one, I decided to stick to a similar format just to keep it easier for myself. Whenever I'm first getting in contact with my guests, we shoot emails back and forth. And one I always send is show notes slash questions. I didn't do it for my first three episodes. And when I go back and listen, I can for sure tell the difference between being prepared and just trying to wing it like I originally did. I can't knock myself too hard uh, because at first I didn't want there to be notes. I wanted it to come across as just a regular conversation. I quickly found out that it can still be very laid back and conversational in addition to actually sounding prepared and having a focus by using the notes. They give me some, the notes give me some background info and also give the guest an idea of where I might take the conversation. It also gives them a chance to let me know what they might want to talk about in particular and what they might want to avoid talking about. I usually start the recording by using the dessert to break the ice with the guest to help them, you know, feel a little more comfortable with being recorded live. It can kind of be daunting at first if you're not used to it. That's why I thought of the concept of cake and conversation. So I thought it was really cool and unique to begin with. When people are enjoying a guilty pleasure or a sweet snack that reminds them of family and holidays, they tend to let their guard down and be more open. For myself, I honestly don't have one particular dessert that I fiend and itch for now that I've grown out of cheesecake. So I just finished polishing off a bag of gummy lifesavers to break the ice with myself. Gummies in general are undoubtedly my favorite candy, so I don't mind that it's not technically qualifying as a dessert still a sweet treat. After the guest feels comfortable with me and knows my intentions are pure, I usually ask them about their upbringing and family life. I find it interesting personally to hear about their lives growing up and what led to them discovering their talents and passions. Some are influenced by family members and others come out of left field, sort of not truly understanding where the interest came from. For myself, I became aware in the fourth grade that I enjoyed writing short stories. And for some reason, I was pretty damn good at it. Fourth grade was the first year, and I've mentioned this before, first grade was, or fourth grade was the first year that writing class was separate from English and reading class. And it wasn't just some six weeks course in the curriculum. I guess because by that point, we are expected to know our ABCs and how to decently combine words into sentences and how to use our imagination to create ideas. It also might have helped that I 100% had a crush on my teacher. I remember her name, Miss McNeil. Now that I think about it, though, I wonder if it's a chicken or the egg type of situation. Uh, Like, did I develop a love for writing because I thought the woman of my dreams would respect me if I was talented at it? Or did I have a boyish crush on her because I associated her with being the one to turn on my writing light bulb? Actually, being a, my own guest on KK Conversations, bringing to light some deep thoughts about my childhood that I hadn't considered before, or at least 
in a long time. <laughs> it's kind of funny. By about the time I was in, I guess it was fifth grade, I already had a poem, poem or three or four, published in a town newspaper. Mind you, I grew up in a small town with roughly like 20,000 people. But an elementary kid writing poetry at a ninth grade level is pretty impressive regardless. In my sixth grade English literature class, we were given the opportunity to write poems that, if polished and profound enough, actually had the chance to be published in a hard copy poetry book with other young writers from all over America. At this point, it should surprise none of you that, of course, my World War II poem about Hitler through the eyes of a young Jewish kid would be selected for the honor of said publication. Was I on, was I on my way to a, a book deal and a reading tour? Fuck no. Do I still have a copy of the book for proof that I can say I'm published? Fuck yes. I was in the sixth grade also when 9-11 happened and I submitted what can only be described as political commentary on the attacks and it was published in the next article for the Angleton Times. Yeah, when I was in sixth grade. By the time I was in high school, I joined the school newspaper, obviously, while also freelancing for a smaller local town paper. I was a staff writer for my school paper, The Tatler, my freshman and sophomore years. Uh, my junior year, I was a sports editor, and I was co-editor-in-chief of the whole damn thing with this chick, Ashley Martin, my senior year. Not to sound like a cocky dick, but for some reason, I was voted class president senior year, too. That was a blast. And so random. Uh, once college rolled around, I had experience working for a radio station out of Alvin, Texas, doing hourly news updates. And when I was enrolled at U of H for a semester, I worked for their radio station as well. After a few semesters of bouncing around, I went to U of H. Then I went to a community college. Then maybe then it was U of H downtown. Then I think back to U of H. And then I tried U of H downtown one more time. This is over the course of like five years. But yeah, after that time, I learned I was one of the people who couldn't be bothered with finishing a degree. I feel like college, I mean, obviously it's useful for doctors and lawyers and people who enjoy routine and systems, like engineers, you know, sciencey people. I'm not bashing college or degrees. You know, they hold a lot of weight. It proves that a person can be disciplined enough to complete a long and somewhat pointless task. It does a good job of preparing people for a normal life path. You know, get a good career, have a beautiful family, buy a home, get into debt, slave away at a job that can replace you in a moment. I'm just one of the people that lead a more non-traditional lifestyle. I haven't looked at the numbers, and I probably should, but I feel like it's more and more common now for people to realize that they don't need a college degree to become successful. Maybe it's because of the internet. I mean, probably because of the internet, honestly. But it's about finding what you love to do, finding a way to monetize it so that you can create a residual income and unlimited income at that if you're good at what you do. You don't have to worry about a yearly salary that somebody, you know, boxes you in with. I wish they taught kids more in school about how to start a business, how to invest properly. It's unfortunate that there's kids out there who learn about being economically successful by like selling drugs when they should be learning how to flip legal goods and services in school instead of learning how to pass a state administered test at the end of the year, which holds no long-term value. That's why I don't think a lot of kids focus a whole lot. You just grill us for this test. Learn this for the test. 
here's tips to pass your test. Please pass the test so we can get our state funded money with our good scores. Obviously, I know my path isn't for everyone, but that's why I love creative people so much. I respect a starving artist who loves waking up every day to create art and whatever their particular medium is way more than I respect some, this is random, some chemical engineer who makes a lot of money but doesn't really know his or her purpose. Not finishing college for sure made it harder on me socially, and I'm aware of that, taking that different path. For most of my 20s, I was a full-time bartender or a poker player, being both a lot of the time. I tried to lead whatever I considered to be a rock star lifestyle that included plenty of drinking, meaningless sex, relationships that ended in metaphorical car crashes because of my selfish, immature ways. There was plenty of cocaine and Adderall and just countless burnt bridges with people that considered me a friend, and I let them down. I still have a few people out there that I probably owe an apology to, but my day of reckoning will come. My 20s weren't all negative, though. I learned a lot about myself, became a damn great bartender, hustled a lot of people out of some money playing cards, and traveled way more than the average person. I experienced a lot of highs and incredible moments, and overall got to meet some really, really cool people that I'll know the rest of my life. I'm still kidless, and to me, that's a blessing because I wasn't ready for any kids at that time. I'm fortunate enough to have never gotten a DUI or a DWI, although I deserved probably hundreds, or there's at least, I'm sure over 10 years, 12 years, hundreds of chances where I could have gotten one if I would have been pulled over. I'm fucking lucky I never seriously wrecked my car and ruined another person's life. I've only been to jail once, and that was only for two days, like a weed charge. So overall, I survived my 20s, and I'm proud of who I am right now. At the peak of my alcoholism, I was good for at least like a standard bottle of Tito's a day. I worked at a bar where it was acceptable and almost encouraged to drink. This was what probably two years ago, you know, like 2017, early 2018. Um, yeah, I, I was eventually able to slow down the alcohol intake you know, without totally stopping, but I was still an everyday drinker for the better part of a decade. I got to a point where I'd only drink after work at nights and usually just enough to catch a nice buzz. You know, I think we all know our tolerance level. I knew my limit and I knew when I started to have too much to kind of slow down. Um, Occasionally, though, like we all do, I'd get super blackout drunk and chaos would ensue. Uh, After a particular rough night of drinking, this was November 9th, Saturday, November 9th. And I mean, obviously, I was at the bar until 2 a.m., so that bleeds into November 10th. But I tell people my last, the last time I drank was November 9th because that's when a majority of it happened. Um, but yeah, after that rough night of drinking, I drove home 30 miles, just plastered. I don't remember it. Uh, I popped a tire. I pissed in my hallway. I passed out on my living room floor. I was carried to my bed and then apparently crawled back out into the living room. I woke up the next day still drunk. I decided then to create my own rock bottom before one was created for me. And that's a saying I use a lot now and I tell people because, you know, some people, I don't care if people judge or what other people's opinions of alcoholism are. But somebody's like, oh, you haven't hit, you know, there's nuts. You haven't hit a rock bottom or I've had I've hit a worse rock bottom or I mean, to everybody, it's different. It's all relative to our own 
life. So like I always tell people, create your own rock bottom before it gets created for you. Figure out your low point and decide to turn it around then before it's not in your hands. Uh, definitely in an alternate universe, there's 100% a version of me who's doing a long prison sentence for vehicular manslaughter. And in another universe, there's a version of me who's already dead. Luckily for me, in this particular universe, I was fortunate enough to be aware of my issue and I stopped cold turkey. Well, lukewarm turkey, because even if I wanted to, I couldn't drink for the first three days after that night because of my hangover. Um, I don't like to take it lightly. I don't, I didn't take my alcoholism lightly. I'm aware. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm never going to drink again, honestly. I, I don't want to put that limit on myself, but I can't see a reason anytime soon to anything that would make me want to have a drink. It just doesn't sound appealing at all, especially because I still bartend and I see what people are like when they're super fucked up. And it's really annoying <laughs> to deal with. And it's painful a lot of the time. Like I'm not 18 anymore. You you get hung over now. And it's hard to deal with. And then all the driving and oh, it's just it's not worth it to me at the moment. The decision to quit drinking led me to the story I've mentioned on my very first episode of Cake and Conversation. I still went to bars after work, but instead of booze, I enjoyed desserts, milk, and pretty bartenders. Okay, well, I enjoyed the pretty bartenders before too, but they'd rarely share an alcoholic drink with me. More times than not, they share a dessert with me though, and it's a pretty decent way to get a chick's number. I'm just saying. Anyway, once I saw how relaxed people got when they ate dessert, the light bulb went off with the idea for a podcast and I've been meeting up with badass creative people sharing their stories with all of you for the last 10 weeks. My journey is just getting started and it's fucking wild to think about where this show will probably take me and what it'll lead to. I hope you enjoyed this week's convo with myself because now that I'm finished, I feel somewhat refreshed. I didn't know exactly what I was going to talk about when I first sat down to prepare for this segment but it was therapeutic to put myself and part of my story out there for everyone to hear, especially strangers that listen to this that I don't know. I guess uh, this is what my guests feel like when I'm finished talking with them. I had a good time doing this, and I'll definitely do another episode like 100% like this in the future. Um, yeah, I mean, for sure, since it's just me, this isn't going to go as long. This isn't going to be some 30-minute conversation like some of mine turn out. But thanks again for lending me your ears while I babble on about myself. Guys, that's awesome. I want to use this segment to give a few shout outs to some of my previous guests on Cake and Conversation. Eddie Knopf and some of the guys in his circle are continuously putting out new music and his work ethic is insane. Justin Dickinson it, who was up for the award for best local director is actually the guy who hired me to work for his media company and i'm fucking pumped to learn how to shoot edit and produce videos amongst a lot of other stuff jonathan paul jackson had some of his art used for the movie gemini man starring will freaking smith some of his art was in that movie that's insane bash williams who you guys all obviously know now is hosting a pop-up art event on February 23rd that yours truly is featured at. Charles Cannon is also making moves out in Los Angeles, and I see this man consistently putting out new content and product every single day. 
in addition to his full-time job, which I'm sure he'll be quitting soon. I'm thinking. Those are just a few examples of the badass guests that I get to have on this show. And if you know someone who you think would be a good fit or who might be interested to be a guest, I mean, it gives them a free platform and it gives them some free dessert. Uh, tell them to get a hold of me. Find a way to get a hold of me. I'm always willing to meet and talk to new people. So stay in touch. I want to give a special shout out to me for being my guest this week. The whole point of Cake and Conversation is to give creative people a platform to share their story and maybe even inspire, influence someone who checks out the show, you know, just entertain the people, you guys that listen to the show. And I consider myself to be pretty creative and I definitely have a story to share. So I don't think it's a total cop out to every once in a while not have a featured guest and just feature myself. I also want to thank all of you for taking the time to check out my show. It blows my mind when I get messages from you guys telling me that you enjoy the show or that you enjoy certain guests and you, you know, not learned something from them, but just were entertained by taking time out of your day to listen to it. I mean, I'm confident in myself, but it's still somewhat surreal to me when I sit back and think about how I have an audience. No one told me to start this. No one makes me go record with people. No one forces me to try to get these out every single week. But I hold myself accountable because I respect and enjoy what I do. And more importantly to myself, I respect the people that take their personal free time to listen to my guests and I talk. I'm also really proud of all the guests I've had on and all the people I've met. I've learned something from each of them and I look forward to keeping tabs on their journey as we all grow and succeed on our own paths. Again, I really want to thank you all for your support. I hope my creative endeavor has brought some intrigue and joy into your life. And I plan on continuing to put these episodes out every week. I've mentioned this before, but my second podcast featured on baseball called the Astro Brat podcast is currently in production. And my first episode should be out sooner rather than later. I've originally planned on it being ready to go by now, but I'm sure you all can relate to rolling with the punches that life tends to throw at us. Regardless, if you're an Astros fan or just a fan of more original content, the Astro Brat podcast will be ready in time for spring training, which is approaching shortly, very shortly. I'd love to hear more feedback from everybody. Shoot me a message on Facebook, add me on Instagram at cake underscore and underscore conversation. My email is jandrew89, that's J-A-Y, andrew89 at outlook.com. And I'm pretty sure you can find a link on my show's homepage to send me a voice message there. No one's tried that yet, but I barely know how that works. So I'll have to look into it. I don't think anybody would really do that though. Also, anyone who supports the show using the link on the show notes page, I'll make sure to send a picture of the receipt I have for the desserts I buy or the studio time I book. I'm not going to be a host who asks for money because this is a passion project for me and I want the show to speak for itself. But all the money donated to the show will go to improving the quality of Cake and Conversation. I also raffle off Visa gift cards once a month and everyone on the supporter list has a chance to win. Finally, next week's guest could be one of 
the three people I mentioned previously. We'll have to wait and see what situations my decisions put me in and whose path I cross that has a similar timeline to me. I just started two new jobs this week, so my schedule has been pretty hectic, but it's also given me an amazing opportunity, so I'm thankful for that. All you have to do is send positive vibes out into the universe, and it'll be returned back to you. Squeeze the people you love, manifest your happiness, and have a hell of a week, people. Oh, and stop getting worked up one way or the other about sporting or entertainment events that are designed to help you escape momentarily from real life. Not everything has to be political or negative. Seek positive vibes and stop creating negative ones. Luckily, I don't let pop culture and people's opinions affect me. But people that get worked up over halftime shows and Grammys lead an unhealthy lifestyle. All right, I'll get off my soapbox and I'll catch you all again next week on a brand new episode of Cake and Conversation.